0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, I want to welcome you to Walk with God. My name is Brenda. And Walt and I are grateful for each of you who take time to listen to our podcast. Right now we are working our way through the Gospel of John and it is such a privilege to share truth from God's Word with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, weddings can be a joyous occasion when we gather with friends and family, a time to celebrate the new bride and groom. And we were recently invited to attend a wonderful wedding celebration in the Chicago suburbs guests had traveled from many different states. In fact, we had so much fun just talking to them um, during the weekend, and it was just a delightful outdoor setting. Uh, There were even horses that attended the wedding uh, beyond the fences. Uh, It was just a wonderful evening, and behind the scenes, we could see the staff were working diligently to provide appetizers, food, and drink, and there was no shortage at this particular wedding. Every detail was planned and cared for, and the staff were given specific assignments. All of the guests enjoyed the wedding and the dinner And it was a wonderful, joyous celebration. We were so blessed
1: to be part of it. So today we're going to go to a wedding. So let's dig into the text. This is John chapter 2. And let's do a little review before we actually go into today's passage. John has already told us in the first chapter that Jesus is first the Word that created all things. He's the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is part of the Godhead. And secondly, he's the Lamb of God. He was born to die a sacrificial death. Um, even his death is at Passover when the Lamb is slain. And then third, he's a prophet of God. When he, he calls his disciples, they realize that he knows about them. He knew where they were and what they were doing. Um, But he's more than a prophet. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says this about uh, relating to this prophet idea. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, and in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And today we're going to see that Jesus is the miracle maker. He has authority and power from his heavenly father. So let's turn to John 1. We'll start with verses 1 and 2. Uh, I'm sorry, John 2. And we'll start with verses 1 and 2. And it says this. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Um, This is really important. It's even the detail of the, the day. The third day... Um, many Jewish couples want to get married on the third day, on Tuesday. And you you might ask, wait, why would they want to be married on the third day, Um, Sunday being the first day, Monday being the second day, Tuesday being the third day? Why would they want to do that? And if you go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 to 13, there's a double blessing in the creation story. In verse 10, it says, and God saw that it was good. And then in verse 12, it says, and God saw that it was good. It's a doubly blessed day. And that's why Jews want to do that. And and even Arab Christians um, go to Cana even today to to celebrate. And the most popular day when they have their weddings is? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. And we always love when we're driving through Cana on a Tuesday and we're seeing uh, there's weddings uh, stacked up one after another because they, they want to emulate and to have a time of celebration that Jesus blessed and that they're asking God to bless. Um, And who do you invite to a wedding? Will you invite family and friends? Um, In in this case, Cana was a small village and probably most of the people in the village um, would be invited because most of them were family. Most of them were related to one another. Uh, Jesus' mothers and attendants, Mary, and Jesus and His disciples were also invited to attend this wedding. And, and we, when we combine the details provided in the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, we know that Jesus has, had been in Bethany beyond the Jordan with John the Baptist. then he spent forty days and forty nights in the Judean wilderness. Um, and then Jesus now has disciples traveling with him, and they arrive at Cana for a wedding. He's put in some serious miles on his sandals. Well, this is where the story gets really interesting. Um, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. And then his mom responds to this seeming rebuke or, or something. His mom responds and said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Um, in Jewish uh, customs, wedding feasts last for several days, sometimes up to six days. And there was a lot of food and a lot of wine to be provided for your guest. And hospitality is a big deal in the Jewish culture and, and really throughout the Middle East, taking care and feeding people and having a time of celebration. And the last thing you want to do is to run out of food or wine. Um, this is an embarrassment for the host family. This involves shame. And Jesus' mother just seems to say, Jesus, can you help? And Jesus responds and said, it's not yet time. He, by the way, he's going to say this other places in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. Mm-hmm. He knows there's a special hour coming, but this ain't it. So Jesus' mother tells the servants, do, do whatever he says. And, and they listen to her. Um, his mother maybe anticipated a miracle, but she knew that Jesus was going to do right. And even when we, we get to this part of the Gospel of John, um, just Mary knows that, that her son is um, special and he's going to do what is right. And I, I love even as we, we wrap up this first little section of the miracle of Cana, kind of a head to heart is, um, do we trust the sovereign plan of our Heavenly Father? Do we Not just the, the plan, but the timing of his plan mm-hmm. that he is going to do that which is right. And um, I think that's a a great question to ask yourself. It's a great question that I ask myself. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't do as well at that. Now, the, the text goes on. There were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them to the brim.
0: And there were six stone water pots, which is interesting if you, you know, you think about these huge water pots. The text tells us uh, 20 to 30 gallons each. And these servants had a lot of work to do in order to fill those pots. They would have, what, gone into the town to the well and carried water back and forth. That would have been a lot of work for them. A lot of work. So they're, they're following the command that they were told to fill them. And, um, well, tell us a little bit about the Jewish custom of purification. What, what is involved there?
1: Yeah, well, there were a couple of washings. One would be what we would call normally baptism. Um, but also, before they have a celebration, they, they want the Lord to come. They want him to be honored. And so they ceremonially purify their hands. And they do that by taking a pitcher that's that's pure and then pouring water back and forth on their hands. And, And that would be expected at a celebration like that, that the host would provide the water for purification. And when we visit the Western Wall, I love this, to watch the Hasidic men wash their hands ceremonially before they approach the wall for prayer. And the reason is that we're told in the Old Testament, who can come before the Lord? Only him who has clean hands and a clean heart, or clean hands and a pure heart. This idea of of there's something you can do with your hands that symbolizes really the deeper need in your heart, that you want to be cleansed, that you want to come to God and, and have him bless you and cleanse you. I, you know, there's so much to observe in verses
0: six and seven and to absorb. I feel like, you know, we could just stay and camp here, uh, but we can't. Uh, but I do want to point out in verse seven, these words, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So, you know, we're looking at six pots, uh, 20 to 30 gallons each. So do the math. I'm not as good as Matt at Walt is, but he always makes fun of me. So, But then I love this sentence. They filled them to the brim. So these servants obeyed. Mary had said, do whatever he tells you. And they did. Uh, but as they were filling these pots, they, they didn't stop, you know, four, five, six inches from the top and say, oh, that's, that's enough. They filled them to the brim. And I get the idea that as they filled it, some water may have spilled and come down the side of these six pots. They may not have realized what was going to happen to this water, but they wanted to get every single drop, whatever whatever was going to take place. And they maybe they were just waiting expectantly. And you know, this is what Jesus offers us, right? Is that overflowing that abundant and what does wine it's the joy it's the celebration it's it's the embracing of life and then that idea of trusting him and that that Jesus will fill us he'll care for us right up to the very top and follow through with us In our life, he provides all that we need. Well, let's read in verses 8 through 10. Jesus said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, but when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. Well, what is happening here in these verses?
1: Yeah, and so it's, it's really interesting. They fill up the pots. We're not sure what's going to happen. Jesus says, he doesn't... Um, Use anything special. He just says, hey, take some out and take it to the head waiter. And they do that. I really love what the NIB, how it translates this. And he says, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. And that's the idea. The idea is, this is surprising. What What have you done? Why, why did you wait till now to bring it out? And it's because... They had to wait till now for Jesus to do this miracle. Um, that that aspect of of taste and wine. Um, one of the things I, I often share here is the, the Jewish people have a phrase, and it goes something like this. He says, "You can have you can live with bread and water, but to have real life, you must have the fruit of the the vine." And so even their their cheer uh, their their. Um, exclamation at a wedding is Lachaam which means to life and it involves the, the drinking of wine and saying we're we don't just want to have bread and water we want to have um, a celebration we want to experience all of the fullness of God well this idea of the keeping the the, the good wine until now I, I love the Jewish wedding symbolizes much more than just a um, the joining of a man and a woman. It also is used to symbolize God's love for Israel, that um, he was the groom and Israel was the bride. But also in the New Testament, it's Christ's love for the church, that Jesus is the, is the groom and the church is his bride. And, and this imagery is really deep and embedded in Jewish thought, but also in Christian theology. And so with that this idea of the water to wine miracle isn't just revealing Jesus as the miracle maker but as the creator and the giver of life and not just like abundant life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and you know just another note about these few verses in 8 through 10 I think it's interesting that John wants us to know that they the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine. And but the servants knew the servants were watching, right. And just that reminder, there's always someone watching what we're doing. And they wanted, they were anxious, they were, they were looking forward to see what was going to happen. Because they had this sense from Jesus' mother that something was going to happen
1: very unusual. And there were a bunch of people here at this wedding. I mean, we don't know how many, but it would have been a small village. And, and uh, boy, are they going to talk. I mean, this is yeah. going to spread throughout the whole region. Ew. And it did.
0: Yeah, spread spread fast. Well, as we go into... Our last verse for our passage, the beginning of his signs, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. And so this is John. He documents here the first sign that Jesus did this miracle of changing the water to wine at a wedding. And that is a picture of what Jesus wants to offer. In the midst of life, he he wants to offer abundant life to us. He wants to offer the celebration of life as it is with him. And he manifests his glory. He proves who he is beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond all question. He has proved his glory. To his glory, this miracle was performed. And then that very last phrase here in this verse, his disciples believed in him. His disciples, they believed in him. They saw this miracle. Whenever Jesus performs signs, and we are going to see this all through the book of John in the coming weeks, these are to show the authority of the message messenger and the validity of his message, to show the authority of the messenger and the validity of his message. Well, as we get ready to close today, we want to talk about Jesus. These verses that we've looked at in chapter one, and now as we're beginning in chapter two, we are learning more about Jesus You know, Jesus cares about our lives. He cares about the everyday details. He knows how to celebrate. Uh, And the sad thing is many of his followers do not celebrate well. We forget to stop long enough to celebrate.
1: Yeah, and that's true of me. I have a to-do list, and I love using my Sharpie to cross out the things I've gotten done. But there's always more to do. And if I'm not careful, I'll go right by um, great times and not celebrate. And, mm. and that's something I, I've needed to grow in for sure. And then, you know, Jesus wants to fill
0: my cup. He wants to fill your cup, not not just a little bit. He's, he's not a half- half cup, half full guy, right? Half empty, or you half empty, half full, we say. But he wants to fill our cups to the brim. He wants our lives to overflow with grace, mercy, faith, hope, love, and joy. Jesus wants to fill your cup and my cup. Jesus is the miracle maker. That's what we see today in John 2, verses 1 through 11. And I want to ask you, do you need to come to him today? Jesus is not pushy, but Jesus is patient. He's waiting, and he wants to meet with you. Until next time, we pray that you will continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America and Outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.